the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Mark. It was two days before the Passover and the festival of the unleavened bread. The chief priests and the scribes were looking for a way to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him, for they said, Not during the festival, or there may be a riot among the people. While he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very costly ointment of nard, and she broke open the jar and poured the ointment on his head. But some were there who said to one another in anger, Why was the ointment wasted in this way? For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and the money given to the poor. And they scolded her. But Jesus said, Let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has performed a good service for me. For you always have the poor with you, and you can show kindness to them whenever you wish. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for its burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the good news is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in remembrance of her. Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, went to the chief priests in order to betray him to them. When they heard it, they were greatly pleased and promised to give him money. So he began to look for an opportunity to betray him. On the first day of unleavened bread, when the Passover lamb is sacrificed, his disciples said to him, Where do you want us to go and make preparations for you to eat the Passover? So he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him, and wherever he enters, say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks, where is my guest room, where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. So the disciples set out and went to the city and found everything as he had told them and they prepared the Passover meal. When it was evening, he came with the twelve, and when they had taken their places and were eating, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be distressed, and say to him one after another, Surely, not I. He said to them, It is one of the twelve, one who is dipping bread into the bowl with me. For the Son of Man, as it is written of him, but woe to that one by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that one not to have been born. While they were eating, he took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it, gave it to them, and said, Take this is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, and all of them drank from it. He said to them, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly, I tell you, I will never again drink of the fruit of the vine until the, that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. When they had sung the hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives, and Jesus said to them, You will all become deserters, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Even though all become deserters, I will not. 
Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this day is very nice. Before the cock crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said vehemently, Even though I must die with you, I will never deny you. And all of them said the same. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took with him Peter and James and John and began to be distressed and agitated and said to them, I am deeply grieved, even to death. Remain here and keep awake. And going a little farther, he threw himself on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. He said, Abba, Father, for you all things are possible. Remove this cup from me. Yet not what I want, but what you want. He came and found them sleeping, and he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not keep awake one hour? Keep awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And once more he came and found them sleeping for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to say to him. He came a third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Immediately, while he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. And with him there were, was a crowd of, with swords and clubs from the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. So when he came, he went up to him at once and said, Rabbi. And kissed him. Then they laid hands on him and arrested him. But one of those who stood near drew his sword and struck the slave of the high priest cutting off his ear. Then Jesus said to them, Have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me as though I were a bandit? Day after day I was with you in the temple teaching, and you did not arrest me. But let the scriptures be fulfilled. All of them deserted him and fled. A certain young man was following him, wearing nothing but a linen cloth. They caught hold of him, but he left a linen cloth and ran off naked. They took Jesus to the high priest, and all the chief priests, the elders, and the scribes were assembled. Peter had followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest, and he was sitting with the guards, warming himself at the fire. Now the chief priests and the whole council were looking for testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but they found none. For many gays gave false testimony against him, and their testimony did not agree. Some stood up and gave false testimony against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and in three days I will build another, not made with hands. But even on this point, their testimony did not agree. Then the high priest stood up before them and asked Jesus, Have you no answer? What is it that, you testi that they testify against you? But he was silent and did not answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, 
the son of the blessed one? Jesus said, I am, and you will see the son of man seated at the right hand of the power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, Why do we still need witnesses? You have heard this blasphemy. What is your decision? All of them condemned him as deserving death. Some began to spit on him, to blindfold him, and to strike him, saying to him, Prophesy. The guards also took him over and beat him. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she stared at him and said, You also were with Jesus, the man from Nazareth. But he denied it, saying, I do not know what you're talking about. And he went out into the forecourt. Then the cock crowed. And the servant girl, on seeing him, began again to say to the bystanders, This man is one of them. But again he denied it. Then after a little while, the bystanders again said to Peter, Certainly you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. But he began to curse, and he swore an oath. I do not know this man you are talking about. At that moment, the cock crowed for the second time. Then Peter remembered that Jesus had said to him, Before the cock crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept. As soon as it was morning, the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council. They bound Jesus, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered him, You say so. Then the chief priests accused him of many things. Pilate asked him again, Have you no answer? See how many charges they bring against you. But Jesus made no further reply, so the Pilate was amazed. Now at the festival, he used, he used to release the prisoner for them anyone for whom they asked. Now a man called Barabbas was in prison with the rebels who had committed murder during the insurrection. So the crowd came and began to ask Pilate to do for them according to his custom. Then he answered them. Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he realized it was out of jealousy that the chief priest had handed him over. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd to have him release Barabbas from them instead. Pilate spoke to them again. And what do you wish me to do with the man you call the king of the Jews? They shouted back. Crucify him. Pilate asked them. Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more. Crucify him. So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released Barabbas for them. And after flogging Jesus, he handed him over to be crucified. Then the soldiers led him into the courtyard of the palace, that is, the governor's headquarters, and they called together the whole cohort, and they clothed him in a purple cloak, and after twisting some thorns into a crown, they put it on him, and they began saluting him. Hail, king of the Jews. They struck his head with a reed, spat upon him, and knelt down in homage to him. After mocking him, they stripped him of the purple cloak and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him out to crucify him. They compelled a passerby who was coming in from the country 
to carry his cross. It was Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus. Then they brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull. And they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him and divided his clothes among them, casting lots to decide what each should take. It was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. The inscription of the charge against him read, the king of the Jews. And with him, they crucified two bandits, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by derided him, shaking their heads and saying, Aha, you who would destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests, along with the scribes, were also mocking him among themselves and saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. Let the Messiah, the King of Israel, come down from the cross now so that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him also taunted him. When it was noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. At three o'clock, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. Which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of the bystanders heard it, they said, Listen, he is calling for Elijah. And someone ran, filled the sponge with sour wine, put it on a stick, and gave it to him to drink, saying, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. Then Jesus gave a loud cry and breathed his last, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Now when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, Truly, this man was God's son. There were also women looking on from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, the younger and of Joses and Salome. They used to follow him and provided for him when he was in Galilee. And there were many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem. When evening had come, and since it was the day of the preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, who was also himself waiting expectantly for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate wondered if he were already dead, and summoning a centurion, he asked him whether he had been dead for some time. When he learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the body to Joseph. Then Joseph brought, bought a linen cloth, and taking down the body, wrapped it in the linen cloth, and laid it in the tomb that had been hewn out of the rock. He then rolled the stone against the door of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where the body was laid. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And Amen. I first became an Episcopalian back in New York City, to where I was confirmed. I'd started going to church in the Episcopal uh, Church in Atlanta, introduced by my wife, Catherine. I will tell you that when I was a kid growing up, that the Episcopal Church uh, seemed to be a church like the Methodist Church, except the preaching wasn't as good. It always discouraged me to go there. And then in New York, I met this wonderful, wonderful rector 
by the name of Thomas Bowers. Tom had an inventive and creative side, and one of the things that would happen on this Sunday every year was because it was New York, and there were a lot of frustrated thespians around. St. Bartholomew's would stage the reading that we just heard. It was a big, big church, and when the lights weren't on, it was very dark. It was very dramatic. And the way that St. Bartholomew's played this out was people in their business suits or their Sunday best would stand up and read the various parts that we just had. It was telling in New York City to see people dressed like us being in the role of Pilate or the disciples or any number of people. And the only person that they left in something like first century Palestinian dress was Jesus to help him stand out. I remember the moment of the crucifixion was always a really terrifying one because whoever had been chosen to be Jesus on that particular Sunday, would have his back turned to the whole congregation, and there was a large wooden cross, and you heard banging. It was very dramatic and very disturbing at the same time. Yes, I knew that this was not the real crucifixion. Yes, I knew that the person, uh, that the hammering sounds did not indicate that nails were being driven into his hands and body, but using the creativity of that wonderful congregation and the people involved, it really transported you out of New York City. It also made us, because it was staged within our modern dress, something to think about. What would happen if Jesus showed up now? My favorite character in all of this, and he was fully dressed, would be the Nanasconce, the young man in the garden, who ends up running away naked, having come only in a linen cloth. I always thought of myself as that young man, sort of eavesdropping and looking in on something that was way beyond my capacity to understand, way beyond my pay grade, way beyond what I was expecting. I still love hearing about that young man as he runs away, doing what the disciples will do. Instead of screwing up his courage, he's fearful. And who wouldn't be? It's in the dark. There are all sorts of impressive people around, and there are armed soldiers. I don't know which disciple was so impetuous. Yes, we are pretty certain from other Gospels, it's Peter. But why would he have a sword on his side? It was the holy day for Passover. And why would he think that he could get away with striking the slave of, 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 of uh, Herod's ear? He must have been afraid when he came to and realized what he'd done. No wonder, after having denied Jesus three times, he disappears into the night. These were trying times. I thought about them a lot this past year in the trying times that we 
have experienced. At this point, the seriousness of the COVID-19 COVID pandemic is advertised daily in the over 500,000 people who have now died from it. What do we do in the face of this? What do we do in the face of Jesus being taken away? What do we do in the face of our loved ones? Is there any place to turn? How do we walk forward in a life and place like this? This week, called Holy Week, which seems very odd because even though its outcome is holy, its journey is so very human. Men and women looking for a leader, the leader being demonstrated by his power, the leader doing something that was entirely and utterly different than leaders of this world normally do. Instead of looking for and seizing the throne, the throne at least of humans, this leader offers himself up as a Passover sacrifice. There's always a great debate when you come to the end of the Passion reading. Does it say enough on its own or do we need to sum it up? Here in this year, more than just letting it hang there, I think it's important to begin to connect our lives to this life, to this drama that's been acted out, to see if with empathy we cannot identify with the people who are talked about in this story, whether it is the young man caught in the garden or Peter in his denial or Pilate in his power or the guards with their orders. This is a week where our humanity is emphasized and where even the leader for whom we looked shows us that part of ourselves which can suffer, can agonize, and can weep. I encourage you to try as best as you're able to walk with us this week, someplace, sometime over Zoom, to connect to the stories that will follow to Maundy Thursday, to Good Friday, to that very quiet and reflective day of Holy Saturday. It encompasses what it means to be human. And yet, even in its humanity, God's power comes pouring through. God's ability to redeem and transform is a part of this story. Not at the end of the week only, but throughout the week. There is a character that I have reflected on less over my time. She is the character from early in the story who comes to anoint Jesus to do the very human thing, to honor someone she loves. 
whether she understood that Jesus was to go to his death, she understood his anointing was important. The touch, the care, the perfume. Yes, this is a holy week, but it is defined by tensions between the human and the divine, that which is good and that which is evil. And in the end, it is a place to point us toward hope. Come with us on this journey. Be with us at morning and evening prayer. Be with us at each of the proper liturgies from Maundy Thursday through the Easter Vigil. It is a journey worth taking. It is a journey worth repeating. It is a journey which points us to God. Amen.